Good morning, Life Church. Happy Mother's Day. This is Pastor Tanya here. I'm really looking forward to opening the word and sharing with you on this really interesting Mother's Day we find ourselves in. You know, if we were together right now, I would take some time to honor all the moms out there, have you stand, we would applaud you, thank you for your selfless service, send you home with a cupcake in hopes that your kids didn't eat it first. Hopefully someone today is giving you some kind of treat to say thank you. But instead of all of that today, it's just going to be through my words that we say thank you. Thank you for giving of yourself, for not giving up, for taking care of yourself so you can be the best version of you for your family. Man, how we've missed you, church, and and the powerful gathering together that we value so much. You know, in the coming days, we're going to be communicating with you all about the prospect of offering some form of gathering on Sundays, so be on the lookout for that. Obviously, there are many things to consider, so thank you for your patience, and we would really appreciate your prayers as we continue to navigate this unprecedented season that we find ourselves in. Speaking of this unprecedented season, you know, it's it's proving to be uh, kind of wearing at times and refreshing at times. Anyone feel that way? You know, this season has many faces. Um, there are things about it that are really difficult. If you're an in- introvert like me, you find it maybe a little bit refreshing that there's not so much demand. Um, But if you're an extrovert, which I know many of you are, and I've talked to some extroverts out there, those extroverts in my life who who are finding this very wearing to not be able to be refueled by being around people, I know that's really challenging. There's there's economic difficulty happening. There's there's so much um, that's happening that's that's very challenging, very difficult. Uh, needless to say, even with more quiet time and downtime, we're often forced to face things because we're not too busy to avoid them. Have you found that in your life? You need to know you're not alone. You know, when there's when there is more quiet time, sometimes those things that we just kind of push under the surface all the time because we're busy and we don't have time to deal with them come to the surface. Can I challenge you to take some time to work through those things? You know, talking to many of you, it seems like there it's been a really incredible opportunity to slow down, to simplify, to enjoy more downtime or family time. I know for for my family, there's some things that we want to take with us from this season. Uh, in fact, I know for me, even the thought of returning to normal life makes me a little bit anxious about how to fold things back in in a healthy way. Uh, all the questions of what is the new normal going to look like? What what will things feel like? How are we going to reincorporate uh, things into our lives? And, and it can be a little overwhelming, a little anxiety-provoking and and. Over the past week or so, I keep coming back to this verse that brings me comfort, and it's James 1.5. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. You know, the Bible is full of promises that we need to memorize honestly and remind ourselves of often, and this is one of them. If any of you lacks wisdom, step number one is being able to admit that you lack wisdom. That's the first step. 
being able to admit that I don't know it all and I don't have it all figured out. If that's you, what this scripture is saying is, ask God, because He gives generously to all, not to some people who have done all the right things, not to those people over there who know more than you do. It says that if you ask God, He gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given Him. And I find that in this time that we find ourselves in, and as we start to edge back into what might look like normal life with all the unknowns, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like, man, I need wisdom to know how to navigate this. And the good news is that that's available to me. You know, for me, the source of any anxiety that I feel, if I start to get really honest and drill down on why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, it usually is because I'm feeling like I have to carry it all or do it all on my own. It's like I forget that I have the Holy Spirit with me to give me a wisdom I don't have. You know that that movie Groundhog's Day where Bill Murray, every morning he wakes up and it's Groundhog's Day all over again and the same people are saying the same things to him. Sometimes I feel that way in my own life, at my in my own way, in my own doing, that I forget, wait, I have the Holy Spirit. I'm not carrying my life on my own. And it's like I have to be reminded of that all over again. The Holy Spirit, who has wisdom I don't have, who knows the end from the beginning, who 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, he searches all things, even the deep things of God, to reveal to me what I need to know. I'll never forget a sermon that I heard Bishop T.D. Jakes share many years ago, and I've, I've probably even shared this thought with you before, church, but he likened the Holy Spirit to being like a spiritual search engine. You know, if I want to know about something, like, for example, this past week, I was trying to learn how to sprout seeds on my uh, counter in a jar. So I Googled, how do I do this? And of course, I found a very quick, easy tutorial of how to do it. And in the same way, it's like the Holy Spirit is a search engine that searches the trillion million data points and brings to my desktop what I need to know for me. That's how the Holy Spirit works. He searches even the deep things of God to reveal to me what I need to know. That is powerfully life-changing. When we realize that we are not doing this on our own, that we were never meant to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders, but we have a God who doesn't just do everything for us, but He walks with us, and He, through the power of the Holy Spirit, empowers us to live a life that's gonna bring glory to Him beyond what we could ever do on our own. And that's really what I wanna talk about this morning on this very interesting kind of stay-at-home Mother's Day that we're having today. The title of this sermon would be, It's Not All On You. That's what I want you to walk away with, is to know that it's not all on you. So let's turn if you have a Bible, to Psalm 121. That's our text for today. And what I'm going to do is read through the psalm in its entirety, and then we'll pray. And then I want to break it down a little bit more so we can walk away this morning encouraged. It says in Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Would you pray with me? God, we are just so grateful for the power of your word. We're so thankful that you want to teach us, instruct us, and encourage us. And so right now, we just agree together uh, that our hearts are open to hear what you have to say, that we would not just listen to a sermon this morning, but that we would be changed by the power of your word. God, we thank you that this virus and this season we are in right now is not a surprise to you. You're not baffled by it. You are not at a loss about how we move forward, but you are a God who knows the end from the beginning. You see every single life that's been impacted. God, we pray right now and agree together for all of those who are struggling with their health, for those who are struggling economically, for those who are um, possibly depressed uh, because of this season. God, we lift up every single life to you. We thank you that you are... uh, continuing to advance your kingdom, that there's not a single situation that you don't see, that you aren't aware of. And we pray for mercy. We pray for provision. We pray for healing, health, wholeness, body, soul, spirit, all of it. God, we agree for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's really a few things that if I'm honest, that I really like about this quarantine life. Now, don't get me wrong. I am um, really excited to get back to a little bit more of a normal existence. But there are some things that I like, like the slow schedule, less demand on our time, so much more family time. Uh, I'm currently not working. My place of employment is closed at the moment. And so I'm I'm just home a lot more and able to cook my family dinner every night. And we sit around the table and that's just such a gift. I'm loving uh, less demand in terms of sports schedules. Our kids don't have practices and tournaments and games. And although we love all of those things, it's been a really kind of nice forced reprieve from that. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Uh, I'm also sure that I'm not alone in the fact that sometimes we get on each other's nerves a little bit, right? All being in the same space all day, every day. So as much as I love my kids and there are times when I say, hey, babe, I need to just go for a walk. And he looks at me and he says, babe, do it. He knows (laughs) I need that. And um, one of the things that puts me on edge that I really have very little patience for, I don't know if you have things like this in your world, uh, is for me, one of those things is when my kids talk to me from another room. Now, this may not bother you, but for whatever reason, this drives me crazy. So this is what what I'm talking about, what it looks like, is, is often I'll be in the kitchen and I'm cooking or cleaning up, food prep, whatever I'm doing. And so, you know, the sink is off and on and and maybe I have a blender on or there's things making noise. There's ambient noise in the room. And I'll hear Zoe talking to me, not just saying, hey mom, but actually trying to like communicate and tell me something from the other room. And 
I can hear her voice, but I have no idea what she's saying. And that's what gets me so frustrated. And uh, I don't know, it just pushes me over the edge. And I, I don't have a short fuse about many things, but this is one of them where I feel like it turns me into a cranky mom almost immediately in a matter of seconds. And it usually happens when I'm in the middle of something else and I don't feel like I can just stop what I'm doing at that moment and go hear what she's trying to say. So my attitude is, you know, if you need me, come to me. And that's usually what I yell at the top of my lungs in the direction of the other room. If you need me, come find me. And the other day this was happening. And so I've been teaching Zoe, like, you don't just yell to me from the other room. If you need me, walk and and come find me. And we're we're making a little bit of progress, I'm happy to report. Uh, But I've just noticed things like that are happening more often just because we're home more. And there's more opportunity to kind of get on each other's nerves, right? But the other day this was happening, and I just had the thought about how the Holy Spirit is always communicating with us. And the Bible tells us that He is like a still, small voice. In fact, we read in an account with Elijah in the Old Testament where he has this encounter with God, and God tells him to stand up on this rock, and this crazy wind comes by, but he wasn't in the wind. And then this huge earthquake happens, but he wasn't in the earthquake. And then a blazing fire, but he wasn't in the fire. He was in the still, small voice. And this is the thing is, I think that so often we would expect God and want God to communicate with us in some crazy, loud, boisterous, dramatic way. But most of the time, He is talking to us constantly in this still, small voice. He's always talking, but if we're not willing to stop what we're doing and draw near to Him, we'll miss it. And I know this because there have been so many times in my own life where I have made the decision and the choice and asked God to speak to me and show me things and and made more of an effort to lean in and be still and listen and and maybe not even always be still but just be more aware whether that's you know taking the time in the car to just pray and reflect and and I, I've noticed when my antenna are up so to speak I start to hear more and it's I'm not sure that it's that he wasn't speaking before and suddenly he is now. I think it's more that God is always trying to have dialogue with us through his Holy Spirit, but it's a matter of are we listening or not? Now, when I say God's speaking to us in a still small voice, I'm not referencing an audible voice, although that may be your personal experience with God. But for me, what a still small voice is like is a thought in my heart, um, direction, uh, uh, like something will drop into my heart about what I should do, or maybe some conviction about something going on in my life, or an idea of how to pray for somebody, or suddenly I'll just think about somebody and I feel compelled to pray for them. That's the kind of communication I'm talking about, where the Holy Spirit is always trying to communicate. But are we willing to set down what we're doing and listen? You know, there's nothing wrong with me telling my six-year-old daughter, hey, if you need me, come find me. But I think too often in our life, we do that to the Holy Spirit when he's saying, hey, draw near to me. 
and I will draw near to you? Could you set the thing down that you're doing so that you can take some time to hear from me? Because I have things to share with you. You know, so often the things in my hand, the task that I'm doing feels too important to stop and set down to go in the other room, so to speak, and listen. But that's what it takes to develop a listening ear for the Holy Spirit in our lives. The gift of the Holy Spirit and His guidance, comfort, counsel, direction, empowerment, it's the most valuable thing we have as followers of Jesus. Yet we don't often take the time to listen. He's always talking, kind of like Zoe. She's always talking from the minute she wakes up, literally, until the minute she goes to sleep. She has so many words, so many things to say and communicate, but can I hear what's being said? Can I decipher what the Holy Spirit is trying to say? The further I get into this life journey, into the journey of being a mom and all the other hats that I wear, the more I realize that I need help. I need someone to tell me what to do. You know, I I think for me, that's one of the most challenging things about being an adult is that there's no one there to tell me what to do. Like, it's on me. I call parenting uh, in our house, I, Christoph and I loving, lovingly refer to it as the great experiment because it is. I mean, there there are guiding principles to use when you're raising children, but Across the board, parenting is working it out as you go, being faced with new situations. And maybe you know what what worked for kid number one, but what about kid number two or three or whatever? How, How do we handle this with this human, with this soul, with this personality? And, and so we ask for wisdom from a God who gives it without reproach, as we already read in James 1.5, and then kind of shaking in our boots, we try to apply what we think we've heard and just praying that it all goes well, right? Any parents out there relate to this? The great experiment. Come on, God, you've got to come through on this. And, and that's really what life looks like, is, is learning to hear what the Spirit is saying, decipher it, and then apply it as best you can, and trusting Him that He loves that kid more than you do, and that He is he's going to protect them and keep them and be with them. And it's in those moments of uncertainty and where is the manual on this kid or where is the manual on this situation that I'm being faced with? That's when I come to Psalm 121, our text from today, that gives me such comfort. So I want to read through it again and break it down a little bit more together. Verse 1 and 2 says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You know, David wrote this psalm. And he's the same one who wrote the words in a different psalm that says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. In other words, what David was trying to say is others may look to the hills, to military power and strength. Other kings might count how many chariots they have and and do the math when they're coming up against another army. But my help comes from the Lord, but I will trust in the name of the Lord our God. 
And I love how David sets an example for us of making a decision about where our help is gonna come from. You're gonna find help from somewhere. You're gonna find your information and your advice and your kind of mode of operation from somewhere. Is it gonna be from God? Or from what maybe someone next to you is saying or your own ideas that you pull out of your own head. That phrase that he says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I wrote in the margin of my Bible, this is small potatoes. And I don't even know where that phrase comes from. But the idea is this, that this thing that I'm facing might be too big and too overwhelming for me. But it's not for my God, who literally created the heavens and the earth and everything I can see. Whatever I'm facing, it's small potatoes compared to creating the heavens and the earth and the power of the God that I serve. I'm not here today to belittle the situation that you're facing. Some some of us are facing some really, really, really challenging things. What I'm trying to communicate is that our God who was willing to lay down his life for us, who is limitless in power, that there's literally nothing that's too difficult for him. So you might feel like you're gonna break under the weight and the pressure of it, and and you're gonna still have to walk through the difficult situation, but God wants to walk through it with you. He wants to carry the burden with you You are not meant to carry that weight, that heavy, heavy burden alone. You are not meant to do it all on your own. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Verse three says, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. What does that mean? He will not let your foot be moved. It means that he keeps you secure, grounded, stable, We read in scripture that Jesus is compared to the rock. He's unshakable and immovable and keeps us secure always. It goes on in the second half of verse three and verse four. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Have you ever thought about how all humans have to sleep? I mean, obviously we know this, without sleep we die, but I think it's so interesting that God created us to need sleep. No matter how capable you are, how powerful you are, every single human has to close their eyes at some point in the day and sleep. You know, I think about the President of the United States, arguably the most powerful person in the world, with all the demands and all the heavy weight of decision-making and responsibility, yet every single day, that person has to close their eyes and sleep. They're the same as you and I. They only have so many hours in a day and they have to sleep. And the thing about sleeping is when you do, you're defenseless. You're, You're not with it. You're not aware. Your eyes are closed, but this is the thing. God never closes his eyes. He never sleeps. He never takes his eyes off of you and your situation. I think it's notable that he created us to need sleep, that we have to turn off and we can't always be on. At some point, we have to trust that God is looking after us. 
You know, I remember as a new mom back in 2006, we had Asa and it's such a, you know, it's such a beautiful season becoming a, a mom for the first time, but obviously a huge adjustment. And I just remember being so exhausted, having to get up at all hours of the night, you know, to feed him and <clears throat> take care of him. And even when he would go back to sleep, I would lay there, I'd put him in this little porta crib like next to our bed, and I would lay there and have the hardest time sleeping because I would hear every noise and every breath and felt such a burden of responsibility of being, you know, being responsible for his life. Like, what if he stopped breathing? What if something happened? And I just always felt on, always on. And I remember after, you know, night after night of that, um, just being exhausted. And Christoph finally, he said to me, babe, you just need to go to sleep. I'm going to take Asa out of our room and I'm going to take care of him. And you just need like one good night of sleep. And I'll never forget that feeling of crawling into bed and being able to actually sleep in peace and to really turn off because I knew someone else was looking after Asa and that I could I was no longer responsible for that, for these precious hours. And just that, that feeling of relief. And you know, I, I know that some of us live like we're always on. Some, some of you listening to this, you can't even sleep well at night because you're just, you feel like you're always on, like this weight and this burden of taking care of everything. And this is God in this psalm saying, listen, my child, I don't sleep or slumber. I'm your keeper. I, I'm your protector. And we're going to talk more about that in the coming verses. But his invitation to us is, hey, I created you that you have to close your eyes and sleep and trust that I'm going to take care of some things. You can have rest and security in my presence. You don't always have to be on and in charge of everything. I want to carry you as your perfect loving, heavenly Father. The psalm continues in verse five. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. It's an interesting word, keeper. It's not really something that we use in our traditional modern language, but what that means is that he is a guard that watches out for you. That's what it means by the word keeper. He is your shade on your right hand, speaks of him being your protector on the side that you most need it. In other words, uh, most, most soldiers or people would carry their shield in their left hand and their right hand was basically more vulnerable because the shield wasn't right there. And so this, this language that David chose here is speaking to the fact that he provides protection at your most vulnerable side, the place where you most need it. Verse six, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Again, a picture for us of him providing relief and protection. Verse seven and eight says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Again, that word keep means to safeguard. He'll keep you from all evil. Does that mean that evil never happens or comes around? No, but it means that he provides, as we read in scripture, a promise that he provides a way of escape when we face temptation. 
He keeps us safe from harm. He carries us. Doesn't mean we don't face difficult things, but he walks with us and he gives us wisdom we wouldn't have otherwise. He protects us. In fact, we see another promise in scripture that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. What that means is not that all things are good, but that he uses, he has the ability to use anything that we face for our good. I mean, that's, that's crazy. The reality that no matter what I face, no matter how difficult, I can trust that there will be sufficient grace for me to handle it, not on my own, but with his help. And I have the promise always that as long as I'm submitting to the process of what he's doing in my life, and I love him, and I'm, and I'm recognizing my need for him, and I'm putting him first, that he is my God, my protector, and he is going to use everything in my life for good. You know, so many of us have a picture of God as a taskmaster, that he's waiting for us to mess up. He has this list three miles long of what we should do, what we should act like what a good Christian should seem like or be like or behave. And, and he's, it's like he's just waiting for us to fail and mess up. But really, who he is is a loving father who so wants to be close to us, who wants to protect us and keep us, who wants to hold us steady and secure who wants to provide protection and shade and show us the right path and guide us in all that we do, that is who he is. If you ever find yourself with some kind of warped view of who God is as this taskmaster, I just wanna challenge you to recognize that and then go straight to God, go straight to him, the source, and ask him to show you who he really is through his word, through scripture, but also just straight to your own heart. God, I believe that he wants to pour out his love in your heart and show you who he really is, that he is not perhaps who you think he is, but he in reality is the kind of father who we see in the parable of the prodigal son, who is literally looking for his wayward son, watching for him. And the moment he sees him turn, he runs to him and restores his identity, and restores his family status. That's who God is. He is looking for you. He is longing to draw near, but we're the ones who have to make that first move of drawing near to him, of turning to him. And as soon as we do that, he is all in on us. He is all in on closing that gap and drawing us close. Why are we the ones who have to draw near first? It's because he's given us a free will. He hasn't created us to be robots that just say, yes, sir, no, sir. He's created us for relationship. So we have a will, but as soon as we can turn to him, submit our will to him and say yes to relationship with him, he runs to meet us and to be that safeguard and that protector that he promises in Psalm 121. The question is, will we draw close? Will we listen in? Will we set down what we're doing and go in the other room to hear what he has to say? 
You know, that makes me think about the account in Scripture of Martha and Mary. Maybe you're familiar with this story, but it's these two sisters who also had a brother named Lazarus, and Jesus would often stay with them in his travels. And Martha and Mary were very different. Martha was, I think, the older sister, we believe, and she was uh, very maybe more task-oriented. She was the one who was cooking and cleaning and taking care of all the details and making sure everything was, you know, everyone had food to eat and water to drink and everything that they needed, you know the type, and, and probably got a lot of fulfillment out of being the one who got things done. And there's this one account where we see that Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet as he's talking, and Martha has been taking care of all of these details, and she gets fed up, and she goes to Jesus and asks him to tell Mary to get up off her lazy butt and come help her, basically, is what she does. And Jesus actually rebukes her in response, and he tells her, Martha, you're busy to doing so many things, but she has chosen the best thing, which is to sit at my feet. And it'd be easy to read that account and think that what Jesus is trying to say is everyone should just sit around at Jesus's feet all day and do nothing. But I don't believe Jesus was rebuking her for working or, or for what she was doing. The things she was doing were good and needed to be done. I think what he was rebuking her about was not recognizing the moment, not recognizing the time to stop and hear his voice put the things down, and draw near. And I, I don't know if you can relate, but I definitely relate to Martha. I like to do all the little tasks. I have a hard time, like if I have people over to my home, I have a hard time just sitting. I have to make myself just sit and enjoy the moment. And I value it enough to do it, but my leaning is always to go do the dishes, to wipe that thing down, to pick up that thing, to make sure everyone has what they need. And those are all good things and they need to happen. But I've had to learn how to recognize the time to stop and sit and listen in. This is the thing. God wants to talk with you, to walk with you, and to provide relief from the heavy burdens that you carry he wants to do that, but it requires you drawing near. It requires you recognizing the moment, being willing to set the thing down and hear what he has to say. There's nothing more frustrating than hearing this, this uh, voice from the other room, but you have no idea what's being said. If that's you and you just feel like, I don't know what God's saying, it's time to set the things down and to draw near to him and create that space to say, God, I want to actually know what you're saying to me. I don't want to just live my life based on my own judgment calls, but I want to know what your purpose, your plan. I want to I want to be used by you even even if it's, you know, there's there's uh, burdens, there's there's things going on around us that if we don't have the Holy Spirit helping us to discern what those things are. Uh, then we would never know. I mean, there's times I've been at the grocery store and when I'm actually listening in, I get a sense that someone near me needs a smile or they need someone to talk with them. And when I've been obedient and listened in and done that, I've been amazed at how God's been able to use my life. And I want to live that kind of life, not just a life that's busy and hurried to get the next thing done on the checklist, but the kind of life where I'm leaning in to hear what God is saying for my own life 
and for others so I can be a blessing. You know, maybe today you're listening to this and you have never started a relationship with God. And so all this talk about the Holy Spirit wanting to be close to you, like that might be something that feels very foreign. Maybe you feel like it's not even for you. But I want you to know today that that Jesus, when he gave his life for us, he did that so we could have uh, perfect union forever with God, not just in heaven, but even here and now on earth, a relationship with him. And if there's anything in you that wants to have that relationship with Jesus, it's very simple. All you have to do is say from your heart, Jesus, I give you my life. I recognize my need for you and I give you my life. I wanna live for you and not just myself. And so if that's you today, right, right there in your living room or your car or wherever you are, whether you're alone or with others, you can pray that from your heart. Jesus, I give you my life. And if you've done that today, I just wanna rejoice for a moment with you that that starts you on a journey of of finding really your true purpose in life. And if you have made that decision, I would encourage you to turn to the person next to you, let them know that. If you're alone right now, let the person know who shared this podcast with you or email us at the church. We would love to offer support because you're not, no one is ever meant to do life and even life with Jesus alone. Like it's all about doing that in community and we wanna come alongside you and support you in this decision to follow Jesus because it is a journey and it is a learning curve and something to grow in day by day by day. So make sure you reach out to us or someone around you to help you in that journey. Moms listening in today, again, happy Mother's Day. Can I just encourage you in this massive job of being a mom? First of all, you're not alone. There's people around you doing the same thing. Second of all, you're not alone in the sense that the Holy Spirit is available to you. He gave you those children. He chose you. He ordained you to be their mom. He doesn't demand perfection. What he does is offers you help, guidance. He offers you secure footing. He offers you rest because he doesn't slumber or sleep. He offers you relief from the heavy burden. He wants to give you wisdom beyond what you could ever know on your own. Will you draw near and receive that from him today is the question. I'm just gonna close in prayer and then close our time together with a benediction. Would you pray with me? God, we find such great relief right now in knowing that everything going on in the world and the time that we live in right now, although it's, it's heavy and it's a lot, God, we thank you that you're with us, that we don't have to carry it alone. We don't have to figure it out all by ourselves, but you are with us. And if we have it all uh, been lulled to sleep because we're overwhelmed by the burden, God, would you awaken us to the day and the time that we live in and help us to know what our part in it is. God, we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. As the church, we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus to people all around us all the time. We might not be able to solve every problem, but we can solve a problem. So we want to we want to be those who draw near to you and hear what you're saying and then do it. 
so that we can affect and influence many in our community and in our spheres of influence that we find ourselves. Lord, if there are those uh, listening to this today that are depressed and are uh, really having a hard time emotionally, God, I pray right now that you would miraculously give them a joy that only comes through your spirit, that you would give them a lightness that maybe they haven't had in weeks, God, that you would bring a healing to their hearts, that you would um, bring direction and guidance, God. Thank you that you know our needs and you want to meet them. And so I just ask that you would do that for every life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, church, I just want to close us as we often do with a benediction as we kind of go on our way before I do one more time. Moms, happy Mother's Day. Thank you for tuning into this today. And uh, we are excited to be reunited down the road in person. Until then, don't forget to get involved in groups. We have podcasts on Tuesdays and Thursdays as well that will hopefully encourage you throughout your week. So for our benediction, may we be those who find our help in our Lord who made the heavens and the earth. May we learn to stop and to listen to his voice. May we know that we don't have to carry anything we face on our own. And may we remember that with Jesus, it only gets better. Church, we love you so much. Have a great week, and we can't wait to see you soon.